Another million way chop last night on the showdown slate. So we got to dust ourselves off, get back out there. It's the week five fantasy football gauntlet. We're today for the main slate. We will hand build the lineup. We're going to run the optimizer. We're going to run the Sims. We'll hop over to an underdog battle royale. We'll build the pick'em slip. It's all going down today. We're going to find the best plays. And oh my God, one of them might be Zach Wilson. We'll talk about it as we go. But let's get the process going here. Of course, the first part of this stream is going to be where I hand build the lineup. And I'm going to start with some players that I'm going to identify right away as being ones that I find be incredibly important this week. Uh, went over the data a lot last night. Well, frankly, uh, tilting over how <laughs> the showdown was going for myself. Did not get enough DJ Moore at captain, even though I uh, had a good amount of DJ Moore overall. But when he smashes like that, that is going to break a slate. And then again, uh, Many way chops and showdowns. Never the most fun thing when you are a person trying to build unique lineups. But let's start with running backs because I do think there are two plays that I want to identify right away. One of them is going to be a man who projects to be pretty decently chalky. 16.5% projected ownership on Stochastic. 12% ownership on ETR. That man is going to be one David Montgomery in this matchup here. And he is a guy that's probably not going to be a surprise. As we always talk about here, casual drafters on DraftKings uh, will go and see this OPRK number. That's the DVP that basically shows just on a pure fantasy football point scoring metric how each defense is doing each week. David Montgomery does show himself to be in a pretty good matchup on that front. 28th ranked in OPRK. He's also in a great matchup with the actual analytics that matter. DVP is not something that you as a sharp player should care about, but it is something you should be aware of because the field, again, will just pop guys in. They go, oh, Justin Jefferson, he's in a top 10 matchup. Can't play him. Oh, uh, Patrick Mahomes is in a 24th ranked matchup. Can play him. There was still a large portion of people in these large tournaments that build that way. Something to keep in mind. That said, David Montgomery in the spot. So we are talking about a Detroit team that is currently a 10-point favorite. We're also talking about a Carolina defense that on the year, 0.2 red zone rush EPA allowed, 0.01 rush EPA overall allowed. David Montgomery now up to a, a incredible 24 and 10 to touches per year. The biggest thing, though, that matters, that big point differential and the fact that he is getting 6.3 intended red zone touches game, two of which inside the five-yard line. I don't know how David Montgomery doesn't punch in one touchdown, let alone two. We saw the ceiling last week. I worry about the ownership chasing that ceiling that we just saw David Montgomery have versus the Packers, but I think he's too good of a play to avoid. Uh, just built a huddle team right before the stream, so curious to see how similar our thoughts are. We'll find out. I, I think my team is going to be very chalky, and then we're going to find out how we get unique in a moment here. Another guy that I'm just going to pop in right away, another huge favorite, and again, we have seen this work out really well for this player in particular. Miami, 29.8 implied points, 12-point favorite over the Giants. We know the Giants on the year, very bad at a variety of things. In particular, though, bad versus the run. 0.07 EPA per rush is one of the worst marks allowed by a defense in the league. They also are not very good against motion. And as we've talked about, what happens in motion? Uh, they're giving up a ton of production on motion plays. They're giving up a 0.81, or excuse me, a 0.01 EPA per rush on motion plays, 0.23 EPA per pass attempt. That is this Giants defense that has been getting killed every single week. What does that say to me? That says this is another Devin Achan spot. Of course, again, no, a known commodity here, but it's 6,100. He's still getting an incredible amount of red zone work, 4.3 red zone touches per game, one inside the five-yard line per game, and that includes the start for him where he did not get a lot of work in the first couple weeks. Now he's getting all the work in the world. He's projecting for 19% ownership on Stochastic, 28% on ETR, the volume, a bit of a risk. You could certainly pivot to Raheem Mostert if you want to get different. But I think with what we saw usage-wise last week where A-Chan did surpass uh, Raheem Mostert in the usage overall in terms of the snap, 
snaps in terms of the opportunities. I think for me, taking a chance seems like the move, but again, the tournament move, if you really want to get uh contrarian is going to be to go to Mostert, but I find it hard to fade a Chan as we talked about here, just playing out of his mind right now. Uh, 0.61 EPA per rush, 0.06 EPA per pass, 49% avoided tackle rate on run plays. Actually, uh, actually, no, that's incorrect. 30% avoided tackle rate on run plays, 63% on pass plays. So he is basically as shifty as can be in terms of the volume he's getting. And Miami's also putting him in position to succeed. So that is why I think we take the HN chalk there. That said, I don't think we're done with Miami. I do think there is one more chalky player that I'd be willing to take here. And that guy's Tyree Kill. Uh, again, the matchup here, not in green flashing lights on DraftKings, but I think they're going to put up a lot of points against the Giants team that, again, just can't do anything and really can't defend motion. And this is the same situation that we saw for Miami against Denver. Is, are the Giants one-to-one -one with Denver? No, I guess technically they are a slightly better defense. Is New York going to keep up enough scoring there? I don't know, but if they don't, Probably doesn't matter very much for Miami, given what we've seen them do already on the year with racking up the points. And Tyreek is in a great spot overall. Uh, the pass game for the Giants, D, 0.2 EPA per pass allowed, 0.23 EPA per drop back allowed. Uh, so the slot given 0.4 EPA. Tyreek has the most targets on the team out of the slot this year. Also out wide, they're not a good defense. Tyreek is great. The Giants defense is bad. I think for this week, it is as simple as that, basically, even though Tyreek's 9K price tag is not my favorite one in the world. Now we've spent a lot of money here. So this is where this is where the thumbnail comes in, guys. This is the part that nobody's gonna like here. I think this is a week where for DFS, and I guess if he is somehow on your season-long league, but I think for DFS, especially where you have a lot of high-priced guys, also a lot of chalky guys that I think are going to look really appealing here. How do you save up? How do you get contrarian amidst those builds? The way you do that, guys, is you play back Wilson at QB. <laughs> Going against Denver, I think even with this great matchup, and as we've talked about before, a great matchup doesn't always mean that the opposing QB has a great day. If a bad QB is playing, that sometimes can over-Trump, can over-Trump, can over -trump, uh, can trump the fact that the matchup is so good on paper. But that said, I do think that Wilson looks pretty good to me in this spot. It's going to be the best situation he's ever had to have a good game. Built up some momentum on Sunday night football. Outplayed Patrick Mahomes technically, even though the numbers on the year are still not looking that great for Wilson as we've talked about. But I think this matchup for him, he should be able to get what he wants. Denver on the year, 0.3 EPA per drop back, 0.35 EPA per pass allowed, 0.07 rush EPA too. So if you really want to get crazy, a Wilson, Brees, Garrett Wilson stack might work, but I'm going to go with a Garrett Wilson double here. So I'm going to go Garrett Wilson, and I think I'm actually going to go the shame Lazard. Al Lazard will be in here as well. Love that, love that bum Zach Wilson this week. That does sum it out. Claypool to the Dolphins. Breaking news fun. I did see that. And the equivalent, basically, they traded the second round pick for Claypool. Now they're getting a fifth round pick back. So they traded a second round pick for a fifth round pick. Great capital usage by the Bears, once again, as always. Uh, all right. So let's keep fleshing out this build here. And again, I do think Brees, I don't usually like to play a running back in the flex, but Brees, I think in a pretty good spot as well. I don't know that I'm buying as much the reports out there about him getting an, a, a, whatever a lifted pitch count i think was the exact quote uh, the full quote was floating around social media yesterday i think adam levitan tweeted out pointing out it didn't really say anything specific about him getting more work it was more about oh we've got so many guys we have to give touches to lazard's playing well we've got three great tight ends like all the stuff about Brees as kind of a mechanism to talk about the rest of the team so i wouldn't read into the fact the pitch count stuff that was floating out earlier in the week as being oh Brees is suddenly going to get 20 touches a game that said the matchup is really good the game script is potentially really good uh, so I guess, do I just plunk in Brees too and go with a, a triple? Triple feels a little bit thorny. 
I don't know. I'm going to stick with the Zach Wilson double here. What are we going to do at tight end? That is going to be the bigger question here. Tight end for me. So we have Kelsey in a matchup against Minnesota on the year. Uh, probably not going to be able to afford Kelsey in this build, if we're being honest. So I might just rule him out right away. Uh, Andrews, Hawkinson, a lot of elite tight ends on the slate this week. Is there anybody we can do as a contrarian build? Hmm. Irv Smith, I guess, theoretically should be trending towards being back. I don't know if that's going to matter to him. Uh, Irv Smith, I guess, theoretically leveraged against a very chalky Jamar Chase, very chalky Joe Mixon. Let, let's see if we can get Chase into this lineup. I, I don't think we can, but let's see if we pay down all the way at defense and then take in a cheap tight end because Chase does have a pretty good ceiling in this matchup. I think in part, you know, I worry about the ownership for both Mixon and Jamar Chase. Mixon projected for 23.4% ownership on Stochastic, 28% ownership on ETR. Chase projected for 26% ownership on Stochastic, 27% on ETR. Uh, we've obviously gotten different here with the Zach Wilson double stack enough to be able to get to Chase. Does that actually make sense to go to Chase here and get that chalky? Who would we take instead of him uh, to take the lessons from last week? Who would be the price point pivot uh, for him at receiver? So Chase is 7,900. Could pay down a little bit for Puka. Could pay up for A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's usage has been pretty elite. Mm. Let's see. Uh, I do expect AJ Brown to regress the usage a little bit more. Devontae Smith has not been involved enough. Dallas Goddard's not been involved enough. But as we talked about on Wednesday in the Spags rankings video, it's entirely possible that new offensive coordinator for the uh, Eagles, Brian Johnson, might just want to feed his top receiver more and treat it like a democracy. So I think that I'm actually going to go with AJ Brown here as a pivot point to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to be one of the best plays in the slate, especially if we do see Higgins ruled out. That said, if he's going to be owned by 25% of the field in the ownership projections and real life, the field might get to 33%. You're basically potentially looking at the exact same spot as we saw for Keenan Allen last week. And I'm going to try to learn from the lessons there. Just not take the chalk wide receiver pick. We're taking two chalky running backs. We're taking the assured volume there. Let's go to AJ Brown as our, our flex wide receiver there. And then who can we get as a cheap tight end? Could keep building out Miami. I don't know that I want to do a three-man stack of Miami without the cube, without the QB. Drew Ogletree has been incredibly involved, uh, but not enough to justify playing him. Troutman? This is a really ugly position. Hayden Hurst. I don't hate Hayden Hurst, I guess. What's the matchup for him? Carolina at Detroit. Uh, 0.06 EPA allowed by Detroit's defense at tight ends. Hayden Hurst really not involved enough. God, I don't like the salary. Let me pick a defense. That might help. And then I could just settle on the tight end finally. All right. Giants D, Panthers D. Let's go Titans D here. I don't think it's a great matchup for AR. AR is going to not find a lot of room to run on the ground. He is going to be able to pass on Tennessee, as we talked about a lot, but Tennessee is now inhibited. Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow enough. Obviously, both guys have some major flaws that we've seen so far this year. I hate betting against AR, but I just don't view this as being a matchup that he's going to have the best runway. He's still AR, though. Like He pulled a good game out of his ass last week where he was playing pretty poorly for about three quarters and then kind of salvaged down the home stretch and had a 30-point day to finish his QB3. That said, this week, I'm doing sacrilege here. I'm sorry. I have to apologize to the jersey, but the Titans D, I'll pick against AR because he's just going to have to throw a lot here. And I guess Irv Smith then. Let's do it. I, I don't think Irv Smith has much of a ceiling on the year. He's not done much. Uh, very disappointing to my best ball portfolio because I really thought that him just being on a good offense could get him there. Uh, but Irv, let's see, getting four intended touches per game, 
0.5 of which inside the red zone, uh, negative 0.6 EPA per play. Though they're all negative besides Jamar Chase in this team, so that's not that crazy. Oh, man. Let's see. Let's do a quick 1v1. If I go to Chase instead and get something better at tight end than Irv, I can get Oconquo. I could get Conklin. I don't want to triple stack the Jets. That feels a bit much. John is Smith tight end against the weak Houston D. Hmm. Johnu, uh, poor Kyle Pitts. Now we're we're actively recommending Kyle Pitts as theoretical backup. Uh, but yeah, 0.27 EPA allowed to tight ends. Johnu Smith. All right, fuck it. I mean, I, I just don't see Chig having enough of a ceiling here, and I don't want to go to another Jets player. So let's see, Johnu at 2,900. All right, that's it. Um, I'm going to stick with Chase in this one. I guess we could afford to go up a receiver, but I, I man, I, this is the issue I struggle with, to be honest, is that like a lot of these chalk plays, the chalk plays are now so sharp for the field where it's not just a pure projection thing. It's also like, okay, the guy's projection looks really good and also the player's really good and also the spot's really good and that's where the ownership congregates. I find it really hard to not play Jamar Chase uh, but that said, you do have a pivot right here. We can go to AJ Brown. We could go to Barkley. Barkley could play this week. I don't know that he does. If he does play, it's not a bad matchup against Miami, especially in kind of a check down blowout game script where we can easily rack up some PPR points. Uh, but I think we're unique enough here. We got Johnny Smith. We got a Jets double. We'll stick with Jamar Chase. Final team, Zach Opuka over Chase. Wow, that's that's a ballsy take. That's a ballsy take. Can now lift up to AJB. <sighs> Is it worth it? All right, let, quick look at AJB, and then we'll we'll keep it moving here. I'm, I'm wasting too much time in the hand build, but this is just me talking through some of the guys I legitimately think are the best plays in the slate. Philadelphia Rams defending uh, receivers out wide pretty well. 0.06 EPA, negative 0.04 EPA per pass, negative 0.03 EPA per drop back. I mean, obviously, AJ Brown could smash in any spot, but this is not one on paper that I would expect to be an outlier one. So I'm going to stick with stupid Jamar Chase. I don't think it's the best move, but this lineup itself is unique. So Zach Wilson, David Montgomery, Devon A. Chan, Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, uh, Johnu Smith, Jamar Chase, Titans D. That is a team, and I guess I could upgrade Titans D if I wanted. Steelers, no. Rams, no. Honestly, Jalen Hurts has been turning it over pretty good this year. Hmm. I'll stick with the Titans, but I do think the Rams kind of interesting contrarian D there to go against the Eagles, especially if you're not playing AJ Brown. There we go. That is my, my huddle team, my single entry team. You will see how it does and report back on Monday. Let's look at the projections. Of course, we're going to load these into the fantasy country optimizer in a moment here. Fantasy players are getting sharper because of all the tools that are available. That is certainly a true thing to uh, keep in mind here, but it's also just, you know, it's a moving target overall and it's, it's, the game theory of all these plays too is just no matter how good a play is, especially at receiver, the guy's going to be 25%, 30% owned. You're going to be better off fading more often than not. We'll see what the Sims give us here. I will not be shocked if it feeds a lot of Jamar Chase. If it does feed you a lot of Jamar Chase, that means I think it's time to consider moving away more. We'll get there. Top projected players, though, according to Stochastic. Um, let's focus on the main slate because I doubt you guys care too much about London, old London town. Uh, all right, Jalen Hurts, top projected player overall. Patrick Mahomes, number two. Justin Jefferson, number three. Two and number four. Tyreek Hill at number five. So Tyreek, at least representing well there. Not the top projected player receiver, but at a 9K salary again. Just really think he can smash as much as that game is competitive. Uh, he'll probably be out there doing some nice stuff. Um, let's see, top values overall. So let's see if there are any good cheap guys. 
Wandale Robinson projecting highly as a value play. 3K minimum for Wandale. It's actually not a bad play at all in a game script where you expect him to be involved. I don't know that he has the explosive ceiling, but Wandale, I think, obviously, you know, there's no way they're not going to be passing in this game. That's the main thing I feel here. Miami should put it down on him pretty hard. Matthew Stafford, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs acquitting himself well, maybe live for an upset uh, versus Cincinnati, though Vegas is not supporting that one very much. Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, and then Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson, cheaper than all these guys, though. He and Tannehill are the same price tag. So I guess if Zach Wilson were to get chalky, uh, you could pivot to a Tannehill stack if you wanted, but uh, nothing that great. The one that really stands out is going to be Wandale here. Uh, that's probably your 3K minimum guy, probably your cash game play to jam in, and he'll give you a, he'll give you 8 to 15 points and might not be enough to win a tournament, but definitely enough to get you something going. All right. Chase team is ridiculous. Always remember that there's bias in these projection tools. It's true. Chase has just been playing out of his mind this year. So that's the part that I really think I don't mind walking away from or you know walking into a little bit as much just because he's been so good. And Chase last year, again, I look at the EPA metrics. He was a negative EPA guy in terms of expected points added. This year, he's the only outlier in a really bad offense. So as the rest of the offense kind of comes together and, and things level out, it'll be better for him. The one risk you'd say for Chase is that historically he's not played as well with T. Higgins off the field. Higgins with his rib issue seems like he's trending towards not playing. So Chase can get uh, can get more volume going, but also might struggle to have efficiency with that volume. So if you want to make the case against Jamar Chase, that is it. Uh, but I just think he's in a really good spot, and he's playing a lot better than I thought he would uh, heading into this year. Top owned players, according to Stochastic. Jamar Chase, number one to 26%. Number two, Joe Mixon at 23.4. Number three, Travis Kelsey. So people will be playing elite tight ends this week. So you can get away with playing your dumpster fire tight ends a little bit more. Tyree Kill at number five at 19.5%. And then Devon A. Chan, number five at 19%. So Mostert, the Mostert leverage is definitely there. If you want to be a hero and not play the best plays, I think that is one you could certainly get to. And I swear to God, I clicked <laughs> Fantasy Crutcher before, but we'll do it here. Load up Fantasy Cruncher, of course, going to run the optimizer now based off these stochastic projections. This is finally the smash week for Bijan. I do think Bijan's in a pretty good spot this week. The Algier of it makes it tough for me to really expect him to ever have a true smash week just because he's not getting enough red zone work, not getting enough work inside the five-yard line. Uh, but I'll look at his numbers in a second, give you guys uh, my take on that one. All right, let's crunch these 25 lineups. And one thing to clarify that I had some questions about for the showdown video yesterday, like when I run the optimizer like this, oh, this is actually, I think, including Thursday night. Hold on. Um, when I run the optimizer like this, it's not meant to say, oh, the field is going to play all this particular stack. It does mean that the projections are pushing people towards a particular configuration. So like I mentioned on yesterday's stream, the projections are pushing you towards a 5-1 commander's build or a 4-2. The way to get different is trying to build three threes and get a little bit off the beaten path. Or if you are going to build a 4-2 or 5-1, making sure that you're really contrarian. So that's what this projection, uh, projection kind of exercise is on the optimizer. It's not about, oh, the field's going to do this one-to-one. -one. It's like, what's the math saying to do? Because people will then follow the math for the most part, even if they're not directly following the math, the projections will kind of make them follow that same track. So just wanted to explain that because I think there was one guy in particular who seemed a little bit confused initially. Um, all right, so Wandale is appearing in every single lineup. Joe Mixon, 92% of lineups. Alvin Kamara in 88% of lineups. I do not love this matchup for him going against New England, but uh, 13 targets last game or 13 catches last game. That'll do it for him. Titans D, Titans, I picked the chalk D, I guess, but they are popping up in all these. Uh, most used stacks. Two-player stacks, so nothing here coming up a lot in terms of the stacks. The projections are not naturally forcing them. Obviously, I didn't put any stacking rules either, uh, but you are getting two-player stacks for Cincinnati, uh, for Tennessee, and everybody else just a little bit, but nothing overwhelming here, so no teams that are really coming up excessively.
And we're going to go to The Sims now. Before I hit him, guys, please make sure to subscribe down below. Please hit the like button. Please leave a comment after the fact. Appreciate all you guys tuning in, of course. But we're on that March of 3K subs. So help a brother out. Please hit the subscribe button. And please hit the like button as well. Helps us get seen by more people as we're fighting. The algorithm has been not kind <laughs> lately. So sick thumbnails and all that. But the algorithm is not helping me out. So it's giving an impression. So please smash that like button. Help a brother out as we try to build this channel. Right, let's generate lineups. Walt does that. I'll look up the Bijan thing. So Bijan in a good matchup, 0.01 EPA per rush allowed by Houston on the red zone. They're giving up a really good red zone rush rate, 0.42. But again, uh, that sort of will benefit Tyler Algier more so. So just something to keep in mind um, that Bijan, I think, in a good spot to get production, get the yardage that he uh, can get for himself. But it could easily be a Tyler Algier two touchdown day, and it wouldn't surprise me. I'd actually kind of think in some respects, Algier is a tournament play, 4,700, when there's going to be a lot of people playing 6K-ish backs. Uh, Algier, I think live as kind of a, a five to 10% own GPP play. And then Bijan's going to be decently chalky, 19% projected ownership from stochastic 25% for ETR. So he would be a good play normally to get away from, again, this pack of six to seven K running backs are going to be pretty chalky. Uh, but because it's so highly owned, I don't think Bijan is actually a fantastic tournament play getting the volume though, but there we go. Colts at home and AR difficult to sack Titans seem like a very fadable chalk D it's possible, man, but they really do jam up the you know the inside parts of things, the pocket, um, everything they do with the run defense is just mucking up the inside. And obviously, AR can theoretically break, contain, and get out there, but I don't, I don't have enough faith in that right now. I think he's going to have to throw a lot more than he would normally. Um, you can see the various pool exposures here. So again, if you're not familiar with the process we do here, and of course with the stochastic Sims, what it does is builds 10,000 lineups based off the ownership data. And then you can also massage it if you want. And then what it does is have these 10,000 lineups compete against each other uh, 40,000 times. So let's do that. I think the prize pool is 30% again. We'll run the simulation. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to answer this question now, but if you want to save it for the end, I will do Q&A at the end of the video. So any takes that you want to get out, anything that you want to run by me as a player that you're super into and just want to see if I have data that either supports or goes against that, uh, we will do that at the end of the video today. So not going to shop on Probably for bets. Uh, though you can go to Probably.com. Again, check that down below. Win more, lose less on your bets. Go to Probably.com. You can go through every game. Of course, I put out an email. Put that out later this afternoon. Get on the mailing list at ProbablyApp.com. But basically, uh, we'll send out an email later today going through all the top five most probable bets for each game individually to kind of determine how the markets think the games are going to go. And frankly, that's a pretty helpful product for me. So uh, check that out in your inbox later today. If you get on the, uh, get on the mailing list at probablyapp.com and then you'll get it in your inbox. Two words for you, roll the pocket. I just don't like walking into buzzsaw matchups. I believe in AR as much as anybody, but I think in this one, it's not a high total game. It's a defense that, again, does thrive from mucking things up and a defense that you attack by being a you know a competent, willing passer. I just don't see him having the explosive rushing floor, but as a contrarian play, um, I guess that makes sense and you can get leverage on the chalk Titans D. So I could see the logic in going to AR. I don't think it's a play I'll have a lot of, but you know, I get it. I don't want to ever speak ill of AR. Like, I think he's incredibly talented. Compiling results. Hopefully this is not the sign of something being stuck here. No, we got it. We got it. All right. So the top lineup overall, according to the Sims, highest ROI one, the ROI, ROI category is here. Two attack of Iloa, David Montgomery, Alvin Kamara, Tyree Kill, Garrett Wilson, Wandale Robinson, Chig, Devon A. Chan, Steelers. So 
Running back in the flex, kind of interesting to note. Uh, let's favorite the top 150 and see what the exposures that it would be pushing us towards for at least 150 highest ROI lineups. 80% Wandale, so chalk Wandale coming up everywhere. I would assume that's because the 3K salary and the decent projection allow him to get everything in. This is one that could change over the course of the weekend, so don't you know treat it like gospel. But I do think this is showing a lot of love for Wandale as just being a guy that's saving salary. People will do that to get the players they want. So it's up to you then to try to think. Um, I would not want to go with a 3K uh, receiver is going to be, you know, so heavily owned, so heavily representing the Sims. So then what do you do? I kind of think what I did with Alan Lazard, where you're going up a little bit, but still getting salary savings. I think that's the move, but Wandale hard to argue, uh, high ROI, you know, a lot of exposure and, uh, the most ROI on the week, 37% ROI on Wandale. Yeah, that's FF doom. I think is saying like, if you know, and now we have a lot of people here, who I think are both newer to DFS and also people have been playing it for years. Whenever you see a guy like this, that just looks so obvious at 3K, um, A, if you do play the guy, make sure to have some more contrarian parts in your lineup. Like if you're playing him with Montgomery, with A-Chan, uh, with Jamar Chase, like you're going to be in a very chalky configuration. So just something to keep in mind with that. But also with Wandale, it's just for a wide receiver, it takes so little for this guy to fail or to not have the ceiling you need. Like it just takes somebody else, a third receiver at any price point putting up 30 points instead of Wandale putting up 15. Uh, so that's pretty important. But let me just look at Wandale's usage real fast. Like he's been getting more snaps, getting more reps, all of that. I don't know that I like you can't justify this much of anybody. You know, Wandale, I mean, 0.43 EPA playing well up to 29.5 snaps per game. Six intended touches is just not enough, I think, to feel that level of confidence. Like if Puka, with what we knew about him after week one, if he were 3K and it's like, oh, this shit, this guy's clearly the wide receiver one, I think you can get there more. Um, it's getting targeted a lot. But yeah, I just, I would be careful with 3K Wandale. $3,700 Michael Wilson going to see ownership. Uh, I would imagine not that much. Michael Wilson, yeah, projected for 5% by ETR and stochastic, so not a lot there. All right, let's look at other things that might be interesting in this build, or the sim, rather. Who is the most leveraged? So most leveraged players, so again, a lot of Wandale, a lot of Titans D. The Sims are saying Titans D is good, and the Sims have been pretty good about identifying which defense looks the best, so something to keep in mind here, Titans D coming up in 50% of lineups with 40% uh, leverage suggested by the stochastic Sims. Uh, Alvin Kamara looking good. I, I really wanted more, I guess, H.A. and Montgomery pretty well represented, uh, though it does seem like Montgomery, you know, not going to be as over the field compared to Kamara. Garrett Wilson. So a lot of my players did align in the hand build with the Sims here. So I guess that's not a bad thing. Uh, unique lineups that we can find. The main thing here, let's look at actually our stack exposures real fast. Highest owned stacks will potentially be... So Hertz, we got a lot of. Zach Wilson, not a lot of. So one thing that I've been observing with the Sims too, if you're playing, especially on stochastic Sims, is just trying to not go with the chalky QBs and instead just go with some flyer QBs and allow the Sims to do the rest of the work. So you could still play like a Wandale. You could still play um, Montgomery, A-Chan, Kamara, whatever. But if you're playing them with uh, a less chalky stack, that's one way to kind of get the best part of the Sims while getting off the beaten path game theory-wise. Uh, so that's just something that I've been kind of playing with a little bit more, but uh, keep that in mind. Shout out Sammy. There we go. Dobbs Wilson staff. Okay, you guys are very into Dobbs. I, I think the Dobbs floor, based on how many people are like, should I play, like a guy asked yesterday, should I play Dobbs over Fields? And I was like, no. 
Like, but I think it really does speak to how much the Dobbs team is getting. He's been playing well, but I think there might be a lot of Dobbs in the field. Uh, Dobbs, there we got Dobbs with Garrett Wilson. Let's see if we can put him in with Michael Wilson. Uh, filter, add filter and lineup contains. Oops. All right, Josh Dobbs. So the best one was Josh Dobbs and Michael Wilson. Dobbs, David Montgomery, Joe Mixon, Michael Wilson, Puka Nakua, Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, Justin Jefferson, Titans. Uh, that's okay. Um, Dobbs with Connor and Achan, Michael Wilson, Chase, Garrett Wilson, Zach Ertz, Justin Jefferson. It's a lot of QBs plus three. I, I don't know that I would want a QB plus three uh, with Josh Dobbs and Surprising still that QB plus three comes up this often, uh, given that QB plus three is not in the 10,000 lineup build as heavily as I had in the first couple of weeks. Uh, QB plus two with him, which is this one. Dobbs, Bijan Robinson, Joe Mixon, Michael Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Adam Thielen, Zach Ertz, Justin Jefferson. I don't mind these builds. This is like way too much Zach Ertz. I do not want to be the last one standing at the Zach Ertz failure party. Uh, it's coming at some point. So this one might be the most appealing to me. Josh Dobbs, Bijan, Joe Mixon, Michael Wilson, George Pickens, mm, Marquise Brown, Sam Laporta, Justin Jefferson, Titans. I don't know that I would trust Pickens uh, with either Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, who's been limited in practice this week, uh, going in that game, going against Baltimore. Feels pretty tough, but there you go. There are some Dobbs builds. I'd love to see if he actually got brain with that start set. I mean, uh, I hope he, I hope he uh, listened to me and played. <laughs> Justin Fields will find out. Let's hit the battle royale, guys. And I will point out quickly, uh, they put up the banner. I'm entering it. So if you want to draft along with me, please do it on an underdog. Um, and also, what's the prize pool? Prize pool this week, 30K to first still, 15K to second. And we got about half the entries in so far. So that's how that's going. Uh, underdog just sent an email right before the show. Uh, They're actually still keeping the deposit bonus going up to $500 deposit match bonus on underdog. If you use the promo code splash. So uh, check that out at underdog. If you're not, on there for some reason. If you missed best ball season, you'd be like, I've been hearing so much about this underdog. I wonder what's going on there. Uh, go play an underdog now. Use that promo code splash and they will match up to 500 bucks. That is new. It has been a $100 match for about as long as I can recall the last few years. And they're rolling out the $500 one for now. So uh, keeping it going. So go check it out. Use the promo code splash. All right. Let's look at what we're going to do here. Roto run. Our guy, John is in this one. So we could see what he's going to do. Uh, John, of course, one of the badge bros doing very savvy things on that channel is always in battle Royale world. So he'll be an interesting person to compare to uh, for me. I've been cashing these battle Royales pretty regularly that we were doing on stream, but uh, not winning them <laughs> by any stretch. And I think it's tough, man. Like I, I have seen on social media, uh, I get on my for you page as well as all the people that I follow. Of course, a lot of people in the underdog community, um, everybody's 150 max in these, these days. And I just think your edge is so much tinier. If you're putting in a handful, um, obviously you could still get there. I would never advocate, Hey, don't do a draft because it is best ball. It's much easier for a little guy to win than it is in DFS uh, with one entry. That said, it is just a little bit tough. I think with just the amount of guys now who are treating, uh, treating underdog like DraftKings, And I, I don't have the bandwidth to do 150 drafts or the bankroll or the will to do it. I'd rather put that money into DraftKings, but um, just something to keep in mind that I'll, you know, I'll warn you guys about a little bit. Shout out Ben here. Didn't completely miss the live show today. Let's go. That's all I can ask. Just come for a part of it. Sick thumbnails going. No milfs on the thumbnail, but what are we going to do? Sick plane? Jets, right? He's a jet. I wonder how many streams there are out there that are going to be touting Zach Wilson today. That would be the thing I'm curious about because I don't know, man. Like I, I don't want to just play a guy because he's going against Denver, but if he's ever going to have a good game, it's going to be a week where 
feels like Garrett Wilson. A lot of people on Garrett Wilson. A lot of people just on the Jets in general looking improved after Sunday night where they were competitive against KC. If you can't beat up on Denver, you can't beat up on anybody. So I think it's worth playing some Wilson. He will not be my highest exposed QB by any stretch, but I can guarantee you I'll have a few shares of Zach Wilson and the Millie Maker and, and maybe in this too. We'll find out. Interesting that Jamar Chase is so chalky on DraftKings and here he might be available coming up. Yeah, we get Jamar Chase, or we could take the two running backs I like the most and try to get different on stacks. Let's do that here. I was a chalk donkey for Chase in the first one. I continue to be an A-Chan and David Montgomery donkey in this one. I am just such a believer in A-Chan with what he's done so far. He is better than I thought was possible, and I was already uh, very heavily invested in him on both DraftKings and Underdog, but he has looked worlds better, and at a certain point, he's not going to hit all these open spaces, but with him avoiding as many tackles as he has, like he's a little more sturdy than I think people realize. So A-Chan to me in a matchup against the Giants where I don't know how the Giants hang in that one. If they do, it's not going to hurt A-Chan. If they don't, it's not going to hurt A-Chan. Just too many ways out. He'll get a Spags pick for a Sunday night captain showdown. I have not looked at showdown at all. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be playing. It's just such an ugly game with both defenses. Um... Kittle as a contrarian one. Tony Pollard appears to be the most interesting one in terms of the data. 0.08 EPA per rush allowed by the Niners on the year. There's just not a lot of uh, good game scripts for opponents going against them. So I would say, yeah, Kittle or Pollard. But Pollard, to me, a much more secure play, but it'll be much chalkier. So that's kind of the trade-off. But maybe it won't because it is a tough defense. So maybe people will be a little more afraid of Pollard going against the Niners buzzsaw. Imagine playing Zach Wilson over two at home and Kelsey in the Dome. Are we talking about Mahomes? Yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, look, you know, <laughs> look, the thesis of Zach Wilson is that if you're going to play a Zach Wilson stack, whether it be a single, whether it be a double, you need to make sure you have absolute alpha killers around him. So you have to have the best running backs, the highest dollar outlier potential performances at receiver. That's what Zach Wilson does. Like he's not going to put up 30. Like I don't think that's any, anything that's in his range of outcomes, but he gives you a 17 to 25. And then you have those other guys putting up 40 point days. That's how Zach Wilson gets there. So, um, I, you know, if it's contrarian, I'm willing to go there. If it's chalky, I think then that would be a little bit of a death knell. All right. Yes. <laughs> Swift NFL brain. Yes. Travis Kelsey, the biggest star in the Chiefs. Uh, how can we ever forget? Now, he, I did see the report this week that Travis Kelsey was like a little bit annoyed about the NFL's coverage of this, which is odd in contrast to some of the rumors, which I don't believe that there's like a marketing agreement between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like Taylor Swift needs that. Uh, yeah, but that said, uh, I do think that Kelsey clearly benefiting from the fame and it's nice for Taylor Swift to have a relationship that like the public is rooting for. I'd love to see her with a meathead guy. I know too much about her relationships because of my wife uh, talking about Taylor Swift nonstop unfortunately, but a lot of gaunt British guys in her past. And now she's dating an American alpha male. What can be going to be bad about that? Shout out to drafters here. Our pal Zach, perhaps the one uh, doing that one. Very good stuff for you guys in the off season from drafters and stuff going on. Still there now though. The, I'm, I'm not giving, I'm giving away free ad reads here. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Waddle. Interesting. Nico Collins. Interesting. I like both of them. So we didn't get Tyreek. Let's do Waddle. We'll do Waddle as one. Uh, do I really not want to scroll down on this at all? No, we'll scroll down after. We'll scroll down after. Nico Collins coming up here. Nico's playing too well. This matchup against Atlanta is not necessarily a great one. Um, 
Atlanta, yeah, negative 0.04 EPA per pass, negative 0.03 EPA per drop back. They're not playing that poorly defensively, uh, which is, I guess, the thesis of what we talked about with all their free agent acquisitions. But Nico's been an outlier. I don't know that Nico is the best pick for a battle royale format, personally. So she pushes in tight ends, Taylor's upcoming album. Uh, it would be something more dramatic like that, like um, knowing ball. <laughs> That's what she would call it. But it would be very flowery, a lot of grass involved in the imagery. Uh, that would be Taylor's football-related album, I think. I think this might be one where he close it out with a QB plus tight end correlation. Kachow here going with TJ Hawkinson and Sam Laporta. So that's pretty interesting. Roto run here, a guy, John, in the one hole, probably setting up a Matthew Stafford double. Pretty interesting by him. Really curious of Waddle's ownership this weekend. Such a good leverage play if he finally hits under 10%. I think they're still projecting him for a lot. Uh, Stochastic has Waddle at... No? No, never mind. So Kasich has Waddle under 3%. ETR has Waddle under 1%. The tough part is he's just not getting the volume. He's getting half the usage of Tyreek, but he can only, you know, he can break the big plays on half the usage. So it's not that crazy. Oh, there we go. Ben Proud, top 60 in the milli right now. Going for it all. There we go. Good job. Good job by you on drafters. Drafters, uh, I've got more teams cashing, but I think the fields more thing was not great for my top team last night. So uh, I think I've got like five out of my seven caching right now, which can't be mad about it. We talked about that with drafters. So overlay the opportunity there. Good site to draft on. And they do have their own versions of battle royales and all that week to week. But frankly, you know, no offense uh, if Zach is still listening and the, the drafters account. I do not know enough about the drafters weekly format there. And the prize pools are a little bit smaller, but that is sometimes where you can make more money is just by playing on the site with a little bit less, a little bit less action, a little bit less sharp play. Always a positive thing. If fewer get right spots in the Giants, that's true. But it's also, you know, again, it's a, a spot for Tyreek there to have another outlier week potentially. And it does feel like Tyreek really wants that 2,000 receiving yards. So I think you might see more big waddle games coming in days where Tyreek is really being stopped, but, you know, oppressively by an opposing defense. But guys running wide open, still a possibility. And waddle runs as wide open as anybody out there. All right. What are we going to do at tight end? Hunter Henry versus Nolans. Do a Janu build. Or, you know what? Let, here, let's go full contrarian. I really don't think this is a great matchup necessarily. Uh, you know what? No, no. Dalton Schultz. All right, fuck it. Dalton Schultz. We'll do a double stack with CJ Stroud. I don't think it's a smash matchup for Stroud by any stretch, but he is such a correlated QB with his pass catchers where he's getting, if he gets there anyhow, it's going to be because two of his guys got there. So that'd be Nico and Dalton Schultz in this build. So my battle royale team here, CJ Stroud, Devon A. Chan, David Montgomery, Jalen Waddle, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz. And, uh, and there we go. That is going to be the team that we have. And let's see what, uh, well, I guess we know what John's going to do. Roto run the one hole with his last pick, seemingly likely to take Matthew Stafford. So I don't think we need to keep watching him. Let's build a pick him though. Let's check some lines. Let's see what we can get. All right. Who are my favorite guys on the week? Who are my favorite guys? Let's see what A-Chan's lines are. 49.5 rushing yards. You guys know what we do here on Splash Play. Lowers are always going to be of value, too. Um, I, we could also take this Karen Chakanov <laughs> tennis bet here, but we'll take Devin A-Chan. Uh, 49.5 rushing yards. I think that looks pretty good. I should actually check the market line on this one. We'll see what the probability is real fast in parallel. 
Uh, hold on, let me go to the search. Sorry, I'm checking probably in real time to see what the market HAN line is, if we can find it. Football, League NFL, all right, Miami. And for an underdog pick'em, what you want to do generally is get five at least in your pick'em slip, and you would ideally like to have your pick'em bets have a 58% probability or more, you know, 55 to 58, you can get away with, uh, but just something to keep in mind there that uh, you do definitely want to have a little bit more of a high probability bet. Cause that is the way to beat what their probabilities are. HM's market line is 41 and a half, a uh, 51% chance of under 51 and a half rushing yards. So, all right, we'll take that higher and not feel that bad about it. Montgomery, what are we going to get with him? I mean, higher on 0.5 rushing TDs. I don't know how you fade that one. Again, he's top four in red zone usage. It's probably uh, Tony Pollard, number one. Actually, he might be like number two, I think. Then probably Montgomery, then Christian McCaffrey. I would take the over 0.5 rushing touchdowns in pretty much any format. But I think here especially, I have no issue with that one. Um, actually, let me see if there's see if there's a market line for his touchdowns. Might it might not be an over. We only have the rushing yards prop as having a credible probability. Anyway, I'm still taking over 0.5 rushing touchdowns for him. Um, who else can we get in here on this pick'em slip? Hmm. Who do I love? Let's see what Zach Wilson's are. 203.5 passing yards, 18.5 completions. 215.5 pass plus rushing. I do think he's running a couple times a game. He's running three times a game. Can he get there? It's against Denver. Let's go with the passing yards. I, I won't lump in the rushing. I do think this gives you a little bit more cover if he breaks one big play somehow of running on the ground, which absolutely can happen um, if he's going to be a willing rusher. But I think we'll take the over on the passing yards here or the higher. Oh, I... Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> the higher on the pass here. It's a completely different game, guys. Not over under, higher or lower. Uh, all right. Who else do I really love this week? Who do I love? Who do I love deep in my heart? Who do the Sims love? What's Wandale's? Let's see if Wandale's got one. No, Wandale's got nothing. All right. Let's look at Tyreek's. Tyreek is a higher on 15.15 fantasy points. Uh, no yardage on the higher lowers here. I'll take the higher on his fantasy points. I can live with that. 15.15. Um, I think certainly, well, you basically need one touchdown and 100 yards. I find it hard to believe Tyreek doesn't give you one touchdown and 100 yards. Uh, so I'm willing to go to that 15.15 there. Feels like with the multipliers, it isn't plus if you had to go over a three, like pick them, that's incorrect. Uh, you, you do benefit the most because basically what you want to do, it's obviously, you know, parlays inherently are a, a fool's errand. You should be taking taking individual bets if you can, but obviously an underdog, you can't do that because it's a fancy uh, sports platform. But you want to get to five because basically what that does is when you get to five, the payout decreases the implied probability you need. Uh, so a three is okay, but like I think two and four are bad. I have to look this back up to confirm, but five is always the best. Five is definitely the one that you want to go to. Algier prop, maybe. Let's see. If they might not have one for him. They didn't have Wandale. I'm not the most confident they'll have Algier. They have Justin Algaier. So we can, <laughs> we can get him in race cars. We could do that. Unfortunately, no Algier. Uh, all right. Man, who else do I like enough to go to? I guess we could correlate Garrett Wilson with this. Because I do think if anybody's going to have an okay day, it's probably Garrett Wilson. 
five receptions. He's been getting enough targets. I mean, he got like what 13 last game. Uh, he's getting on the year nine targets. He's got to catch five of them against Denver. I can live with that. Over five or higher than five receptions here. My pick slip, if you want to tail it, of course, I can't place it in Pennsylvania, but live vicariously through me. Place it for me and let me know how it goes. Uh, Devon A. Chan, 49.5 rushing yards higher. David Montgomery, 0.5 rushing TDs higher. 203.5 passing yards for Zach Wilson higher. Splash plays only. Tyree Kill, oh, uh, higher than 15.15 fantasy points. And Garrett Wilson, higher than five receptions. There we go. That's what I would do. Let me... No, they, they have definitely haven't legalized this in Pennsylvania. Confirm. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Got to make sure, I guess. Uh, doesn't feel like with the states, though, coming after underdog quite so hard. It's going to be there. All right, guys, this is your time now. If you want to have anything, you chat, have me check up on data-wise. If you have any questions, drop in the chat. We did have that one earlier from the guy looking for a very long start-sit question, and now we can hit it. <laughs> Yeah, I just see this. Like, I see a question like this, and my eyes immediately just go like, whoa. But 14-team, half-point PPR, Kyron, Achan, Hall, JT, Najee, K-, K. Mitchell, D. Smith, Z. Jones, Rice, started DJ Moore and L. Thomas last night. So a solid lead. Need two RBs and one flex. Achan, yes. I would still go Kyron, yes. And then ooh, the, the rest of this is pretty ugly. And then Hall, I guess. Your team kind of sucks. <laughs> but Kyron, Achan, and Hall is what I would go with for Southsco. Hopefully he's hanging on here. He probably moved on to another YouTube stream to ask that same question. That Fuck, the, the worst kind of question to be asked. We're sorry, fuck off. <laughs> Here we go. Should I get a vasectomy or just wear a rubber? Uh, people like vasectomies. I don't know. I, I don't. I would have a hard time. But apparently, you can like go in and out now and get them. Um, I would. Wear, I would get a vasectomy if I were you. I, I could never. I could never go back to wrapped up life personally. And I was barely doing it even before we had the baby, which I guess was part of the problem. Uh, set my entire lineup for me. Yes. Uh, just play all the players that that guy had. I think if you play them all together, that'd be great. If you could play a team with 10 different running backs and 10 different receivers going, I would just play that. I think that sounds like the sickest move of all. Started B-Rob over Ramondre last night. Hopefully that doesn't bite me too bad. Ramondre, I mean, on the year, the, the Saints D has not been very good against the run. Uh, they're getting a little bit better down to a negative 0.01 EPA per rush, but they were positive the first uh, three weeks of the season. Ramondre, though, the usage is not great for him. He's also not that efficient. Negative 0.2 EPA per rush, negative 0.1 EPA per pass. I just don't think Ramondre is that dude. I, I said it enough in the offseason, and people were like, ah, he's going to be as good as he was last year. If not better, it's his time to shine. It's not Tony Pollard. Like, it's not that situation. I, ironically, of course, with Zeke being on the team, but it's just one where, like, it's not a good team. It's not an efficient team. The offensive pass game doesn't all open up enough opportunity for him, and he's not good enough to make it happen for himself. So that's a lot of things that are strikes against Ramondre. Uh, so I would not, like, I, I don't think he rebounds this year, personally. Tire Mexican for lunch. Um, hmm. I mean, Mexican getting farty on a Friday, I'd support it. I feel like Thai to me is more of a night food. Unless, like, you go out, you go out and get a nice Thai dinner, get yourself some of those those little see-through spring rolls, get yourself some pad Thai and all that. A pad Thai for lunch, like, Mexican is also gonna, gonna bloat you up pretty bad. But Thai food for lunch, I feel like it's just like uh, walking around with a belly full of pad Thai on the day. It's spicing yourself out. I don't know. I'd go Mexican. Get a margarita, too. Any money line this week? Hmm. At home, they're only a one-point favorite. I don't hate it. 
I mean, if I had to pick them, I guess I would say that New England probably wins. Hard to imagine a gimped out Derek Carr doing anything against New England defense that knows how to attack. Oh, weaknesses is better than anybody. So I think it's probably a tough scene. And I got to say, man, I really do think that Alvin Kamara is, I wouldn't say a donkey play. I think Alvin Kamara is a very trappy play. Just got so many checkdowns here. And New England is going to be swarming on those checkdowns and absolutely punishing them every time. A minus 0.06 EPA per running back target is New England D on the year. So... Like they should be able to get there. They don't miss tackles. Only a 5% avoided tackle rate. I just don't see how Kamara's the play. So yeah, I would go New England money line. Do I prefer the New Hague's bush or its butthole? I mean, look, let's watch the gif real fast. <laughs> and let's, let's confirm. Of course, we don't get to see the bush in this one. But yeah, I think it's the butthole. I mean, just the beautiful, clean butthole by the New Egg. How could you argue that? Wish I could see the math that makes a five-leg more of each camera wrap my head around it. If you search their articles about it, I think Odd Jam, one of our partners, for probably has one out there. Uh, but the five-leg math, it's basically just all about cutting the implied probabilities you need. And you basically need a higher implied probability on a four-leg or a two-leg. And I think even a three-leg, whereas the implied probability drops just enough because it's all relative to the payout and all of that. So like five things equaling a certain payout means the probability drops. Normally, I'd agree, but no Judon or Gonzalez. I, I don't think that matters. I mean, I know those guys are important, but um, again, I'll use the frame of reference where I talked about with Football Outsiders. With DVOA, the one thing that Aaron would change every time, and I'm sure it's still the same thing over at FTN, uh, the one thing he would change would be QB goes out, that sinks the offensive DVOA for the most part because there's such a drop-off, usually between QB1 and QB2. But for a defensive player, like maybe he would tweak it a little bit if Aaron Donald were out, but like you don't tweak it for like players that are just kind of good. That's uh, not usually how that goes. All right, here we go. Last plug here, uh, unless there's any more, yeah, no more questions. So we'll call it here. Guys, please go check out probably.com. I'm actually going to show you guys the video that I ran just so you can understand how to use probably. I think it's the best tool you'll find out there, especially for free. But go check it out at probably.com. And here's how to use it. Go check it out at probably.com. So my my blood, sweat, and labor doesn't go into that. Appreciate you guys. Good shit, Spags. Does that go up with the spicy pick multipliers on UD? I have not seen the math and the spicy pick stuff, so I do not know how that goes. All right, guys. That's it. Follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. Sunday, I'll be back on Stochastic Stream. Of course, the deeper dive with Lafayette and Ben Rossa going game by game there, which is always a lot of fun. I think I really I really give out fucking sick information on that one in particular because of the format. So go check that out on Sunday. Of course, that starts at 10 a.m. I believe it goes to about 11.45. And then again, go to probablyapp.com. Get on the, the mailing list for that. I will be sending out my probably email this afternoon where I go through game by game, talk about the most probable events according to market data, and then try to figure out how the game flow is going to go. And that's a pretty good hit rate. Definitely a worthwhile part of the fantasy football process. So get in the mix. Probably at.com for the wait list or the mailing list rather. Probably.com right now. Go to it for free. Getting some good bets. And there we go, guys. I hope you enjoy your weeks. Of course, if I don't take this stuff down this weekend, I really do hope you guys do. Wish you guys the best of luck. Enjoy your weekends. See you soon. Bye. Bye.